tuned into the Boxing Rad Podcast. Leave your kid gloves at home. But I'm the best ever. My style is impetuous. There's no one that can match me. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion that's ever been. My defense is impregnable. What up, what up, fight fans? Welcome back to episode 280 of the Boxing Rant Podcast. I'm Kenny Keith, and I'm joined as always by Vince Cummings. What up, Vin? What's going on, brother? We got the message, right? We're going to try to stay positive this week, Ken. You're going to the beach after the show. I am. Let, let's keep the positive vibes today, brother. All right. Well, I got my flip-flops on. Got the minivan packed with the pool noodles. I'll be out there on the beach shadow boxing, doing hand speed drills for everybody. <laughs> you gonna be doing some agility drills in the sand? Oh, absolutely, man. You know what I mean? I can't wait to see the video. I just need somebody to come down there and fucking race me in the sand. You know, I'll be on a private beach. Have somebody like clearly run slower than they can, so you can run by them and beat them. Oh, yeah, either that or I'll just splice it together and put the other person in slow mo. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, that, that Rocky Three running shit, that running scene is so goddamn funny when you watch it now. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know. First of all, dude, last time I watched it, I was like, why is he fucking zooming in on both of their junk the whole time they're running? It's like, what the fuck is going well, on Well, the here? shorts back then had like, like, like swimsuit linings inside of them, you know what I mean? Right. So it's not like full, like, you know... <laughs> like that you're not catching print no 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 it's not like that um that kevin hart skit you gonna learn today you know <laughs> learn what long dick look like today <laughs> when the guy's trying to move down the aisle in the movie theater <laughs> oh shit okay that's not gonna happen at yeah, the beach i'm no. gonna be with my my wife and my three-year-old and my one-year-old uh, and my mom's gonna be there keep it clean buddy yeah we'll keep it clean um but i am looking forward to uh, to reading uh, the Sporting Blood by Carlos Acevedo picked up my copy and I'm taking that to the beach so I'm going to get some uh, some boxing reading in and then you know we'll we'll be able to put a shelf on our new studio background here with a book you know <laughs> we don't have many books to necessitate an entire shelf so we'll make a little tiny shelf I think a book represents our level of knowledge. Hey, man, I'm strictly audible these days, okay? <laughs> yeah. It's all in my cloud file in my cell phone. Get a fucking paperback book, would you? I did. I did. And this uh, um, this new book by Hamil Carr Publications by Carlos Acevedo is a hardcover, too. Mm. Spare no expense. Mm. Um, yeah, so looking forward to diving into that. But guess what? We're staying on schedule. Uh, you know, with the shows, I'll be back on next Saturday. We'll do the show on Sunday, and we'll have, uh, you know, more outstanding, out. excellent yeah. boxing action to talk <clears throat> about, Ken. Yeah, and, you know, I'll, I'll, we will come, I'll bring the beach vibes back, ah. you know, to help sweeten your sour puss. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, no, that will help. Yeah, it will. It will. I'll send you pictures of my toes. How about that? With the beach yeah. behind it. Yeah, please do that. Thank yeah. you. I trimmed my nails this morning, so they'll be they'll be clean shots. No cheddar on them things. Maybe some fucking some some little curlies on there, but <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, we'll try to keep it positive today. Um, no promises. Probably going to go off the rails at some point. Absolutely, we will. But you know what? This is boxing. And while the world around us tries to sugarcoat everything that is going on in the sport of boxing, um, there seem to be, I don't know, a couple holes in the beach ball. You think? Yeah, just a few. 
Um, so we'll get to uh, all of Top Rank on ESPN, the coronavirus in the bubble, um, the just absolute bludgeoning that David Kaminsky took on uh, on Thursday night's card. We'll talk about the fighter purses. We'll get into Terrence Crawford's next fight, his options for opponents. Got some fight announcements. Um, and, uh, you know, Gurry trying to get that A-B smoke. So Ooh. we'll talk a little Gurry and A-B. And... Um, Devin Haney, he sent out a tweet that actually may serve a purpose. Wow. Yeah. Real fight this time, huh? That's right. So we do have a uh, a little bit of a rundown for you here on episode 280. We appreciate all of you tuning in to the 280th episode of the Boxing Rant Podcast. If you haven't subscribed, you can get it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Stitcher, anywhere an audio podcast is available. And check out the video on the Boxing Rant YouTube channel. Subscribe today to the Boxing Rant YouTube channel. Drop by our website, boxingpod.com, and follow us on Twitter at Vince Cummings eighty one and at the Boxing Rant. All right, Vin, let's kick this show off like we have for the last couple episodes. Let's do our little ditty on top rank on ESPN. That's still a thing. It, it is. They really need to come up with some clever name. Like they used to have ESPN Friday night fights. Used to have Tuesday night fights. You know they they've got to come up with something like. Remember uh, Monday Nitro and, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, um, they something for these because... It's in the bubble, Ken. It's, but it's not. I, I really liked, <laughs> I really, really enjoyed um, the tweet by uh, Ringwalk Podcast, Jonathan Lear, said it best. Um, can we stop calling this thing a bubble? It's more like a wiffle ball. Yeah. You know? Yeah. How is it that they are operating in a bubble, right? And yet they have had, I, I would, uh, what, six, seven positive coronavirus tests? And then, so as this is going on, because Thursday night's main event was obviously supposed to be Jose Pedraza, his opponent had somebody in their camp that tested positive, and you know how it works, then everything gets shut down. So their fight was nixed. The Michaela Mayer fight was nixed, right? But I'm sitting here thinking to myself, I'm like, I'm like how, is this, how is this actually possible inside this bubble well you still have you still have and and and, you know god bless him dan rayfield i mean he's fucking unemployed you know he's trying to he's trying to latch on to the nutsacks of anybody he can even if it is the nutsack that eventually fucking smacked him in the face and opened the door (laughs) i don't know if nutsacks can open doors but uh the top ranks nutsack certainly opened the door for dan rayfield to exit stage left he comes on twitter and fucking lectures me and tells me nobody inside the bubble has had human contact outside of the bubble and i'm sitting here thinking to myself you keep telling yourself that you invite the new york times to write some nice article about your fucking bubble i'm going to tell you one thing that has not changed about this fucking bubble this bubble is like a beach ball being batted around by a bunch of casino goers with lit cigarettes, and their cigarettes are in their hands when they hit the bubble, poking holes in it. When you put a bubble, he's like, Dan Raphael says, oh, well, now, now you see there's going to be issues with the bubbles that the NBA and MLB and NHL are going to have. And I asked Dan, I was like, hmm. Are their bubbles going to be in the basement of a live casino where masks are optional and people are walking around fucking touching everything? Yeah. It's the oddest, oddest fucking thing, man. Like, I really don't understand. The UFC's been able to put on bigger events with more fighters, just as many people involved outside of 
fighters and referees and, and all of that stuff. Have they had this many problems? No. They've been in more than one place, too. I Like, I really... It just it like this whole bubble bit to me. Like if th- this is what we had to do to be able to get fights, on top of being able to get these fights that really nobody cares about watching, and it it's proven again as the numbers dip from the first two uh, events. It's just it's gotten to the point where it's like, look, guys, should we maybe rethink this? Like, what what are we, what are we doing here? There's, it's it's not what it was designed to be isn't working and i know i guess now they've made adjustments because you said pedraza's uh manager tested positive so now they're not letting managers be a part of it so now it's just trainer chief second fighter that's it but who was doing the monitoring how is this happening who cares who cares right who cares at the end of the day they have positive tests inside of a bubble yeah like to me I know this sounds very cynical and conspiracy theory-ish, right? But it's like the government asks Bob, Bob, is it a bubble? Yeah, it's a bubble. Um, Bob, is there going to be testing? It's a bubble. You know what I mean? Like, like, well, Dr. Fauci says that it has to be a bubble, Bob. Yeah, just tell him it's a bubble, you know? <laughs> right. Like, it's it, to me... I know this sounds like really, really cynical and really, really fucking uh, judgmental. I, I It's just coming off to me as a piss-poor PR campaign. Stop calling this thing a bubble. You cannot isolate in a building that has a fucking air system. Are you telling me that the... That the, the ventilation system in the convention center at the MGM, which is in the basement underneath the casino, has a completely separate ventilation system than the rest of the casino? I mean, it, whether it does or doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's, it's, they're, in, they're in the vicinity of people that aren't in a bubble. Right, and it's all indoors. Yes. So all it takes is somebody to walk in the vicinity and sneeze, and then, you know, look, it's just... The whole thing has just come off horribly. Now, here's the thing. I think it's really, I think it's good, and I think it's very honest on the other end that they're continuing to push forward with this and not just shutting everything down. Right, oh, right. somebody tested positive, cancel it. Right. Cancel it, you know? I think people realize or have realized that we really need to take care of, you know, the susceptible, the vulnerable, and the uh, the elderly, mm-hmm. right, that need to be protected most. And I think people are realizing that the the reality of this situation is a little bit different than the one that was painted to us three uh, three months ago when we were told to go lock ourselves in the in in, in our fucking closets or you will die. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, so I don't know, man. It's just stop with the whole fucking bubble bit. You know, like get to the fights. Yeah. All right. Just run through them. Get to the fights, stop with the fucking story time, and stop talking about your bubble. You're sitting here patting yourself on the back about, oh, look at us standing six feet apart during an interview. Isn't this amazing? You know? Meanwhile, that same guy's just just rubbing up all up on a dude in the like, 
Why are you standing six feet away from him when he's just in a ring fighting a guy? They're fucking touching each other, breathing on each other. What? What? What is the? Because the number one mission statement since John Skipper left ESPN, it, it should read this on ESPN's bylines, right? In their mission statement, in big bold letters, the number one priority of ESPN is not being the worldwide leader in sports. It is having a public perception of being ahead of everything. Oh, yeah. You know? It's it's bad. And look, man, sometimes being first out the gate, like I think everybody else is kind of sitting back and watching this and being like, hmm, well, this is what we're not going to do. <laughs> yeah. We're going to make improvements, and this is not how, we're not going to look this fucking stupid. They got part of it right. I mean, yeah. the presentation, the visual of it. But it's great. The overcompensating to be like, look, guys. Look at us social distance. Look at us. They don't even let us out of the bubble. They have to bring us our food into the bubble, inside of a bubble, and pass it through the walls of the bubble. We are not allowed to go anywhere outside of the bubble. I mean, if you say bubble 1,000 times in a day, and that's the goal of ESPN here, is to make you think that this is some bubble that Matthew McConaughey is flying by in the movie Interstellar, out in the middle of the fucking in a, of a quasar. Oh, there goes Top Rank's bubble floating by. I wonder where it's going into a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> They're taking boxing to a galaxy far, far away. They keep this shit up. <laughs> oh man. Um. Okay. Enough bubble fun. Yeah. That's, okay. that's, that's good. Sorry, Carl. Didn't mean to burst your bubble. <laughs> <laughs> Um, let's get to the notable fight of the night. Let's do it. Let's do it. David Kaminsky versus Clay Collard. All right. That was a bludgeoning, wasn't it? Oh my gosh. (laughs) That was one of the more, and and I I think that this speaks to the no crowd, the sound effects of it, and just watching, it was a six round fight. Yeah. This wasn't a 15 round fight back in 1978. That face made you think it was though. Man. Collard was relentless, and Kaminsky did nothing about it. Yeah, that was uh, you know, I, I I guess if you're trying to to uh, create or to 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 do some do some help for your prospect in that fight, and you're throwing him in with a guy like Collard, that guy's what now three and zero this year against undefeated prospects. He's such a rugged like I don't even know how to explain how he fights. It's like straight line right down the middle, as quick as you know as. As quick as he can get to the target, he'll get to the target. He'll come rushing in with his head right behind his punches. It, it's awkward. It's not It's not a form of boxing you would teach somebody. No. And it's effective. It's been able to be effective against these these kids that are like, what, what the hell is this? Is this fucking boxing? What the hell is this guy doing? Yeah. And it, it, his punches don't seem quick. They don't, they don't seem heavy. But he's bringing his body behind him. So they got some, they got some thud. They're not fucking dropping anybody, but you saw how it softened and busted up that kid's face, boy. Oh, yeah. They asked Clay Collard before he turned pro. They were like, hey, man, I didn't expect to see you here at the uh, the Olympic trials for boxing. Oh, no, I'm here for Greco-Roman wrestling. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. because that's how he fights. He fights like a college wrestler. Mm-hmm. He looks like a college wrestler, mm-hmm. right? Tough as nails. Um, there were some moments, like in the fourth, fifth, and sixth round, where Kaminsky was able to land a couple really hard body shots, and and you could see Collard get knocked back, and you could see him want to wince. You know, and right? He's a man of few words, like 
Yeah, I kind of like President Trump. He only uses like the same ten adjectives, but in 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 the, in the post fight interview, he kept repeating over and over again. So I, I believe him um, that you should not show any weakness. You no. know, um, what, what is it from um, uh, Karate Kid? Show no mercy. Yes, yes. Show no weakness. Uh, and and a couple of those shots got to him. But man, Kaminsky after that fight, and I think this kind of leads to a bigger story because they did say that they're going to try to run Collard back at the end of July. Fine, bring him back. I just feel bad whoever, for whoever his opponent is. His opponent better be able to punch. That's all I'm saying. Well, Beck, Beck the bully disposed of him pretty quickly. Well, we're talking – there's levels to this game. Yeah. You know, I mean, Kaminsky was 19 years old. Yeah. I mean, imagine being – and as this goes into this, you know, part of this I want to talk about. Um, You know, imagine being 19 years old, you're a prospect in like your sixth or seventh professional fight, and you're getting paid $5,000 – to take a beating where the medical bills are going to probably cost ten thousand dollars. Oh yeah, and then you got to give, you got to give thirty percent of that to taxes, and then you got to give thirty percent of it to all the people that work for you, right? So you're basically left with what two grand, maybe, maybe, maybe fifteen hundred dollars for uh, a down payment on your medical bill. Probably, yeah, probably a six week training camp, eight weeks all told, preparing to make fifteen hundred bucks. So it starts off with this whole top-ranked series with Shakur Stevenson. And his yeah. purse was $400,000. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, they, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a prime blue chip there. They, they got to keep him, keep him happy. But after him, oh boy, do these purses become minuscule. Some of these guys on these cards that are fighting on TV, and we're not talking about the 5.30 p.m. Eastern time fight for a midnight pay-per-view no. when, when the doors open and it's a fucking four-rounder where, I mean... There's guys fighting each other for a thousand dollars. Yeah, you, dude, how did you even pay to get there? Like, how are you? Sp- I hope that I hope that bubble food is free. <laughs> Moretti's been posting that menu. This shit don't look that good. Well, clearly, um, some people are not starving, um, and clearly, some are if they're getting in the ring for this. I mean, I, hopefully, they're able to collect you know this 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 great <laughs> stimulus uh, unemployment in the meantime. Right, because dude. A thousand dollars? Sorry, dude. I you five thousand dollars to take a beating like that? Are you no. kidding me? That, that's, that's absolutely not. No, I, I don't even understand how a fight on television can a fighter can be getting paid that fucking little. It makes no sense. I, are they getting paid more than that at the end of the day? I mean, I know those are just the reported numbers, but uh, why would there be back payments on something so little? Yeah, I mean, it's one thing for when the PBC was using investor money. And they were saying that a purse was one point five million, and then dumbass Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. shows a check, a personal check from Al Heyman for two million dollars on top of it. Yeah, yeah, yep. getting like little bonuses after the fight. Well, yeah, when it's not your money, it's easy to give out bonuses, right? <laughs> right. I do with all these uh, PPP loans. I better get a fat bonus this year. <laughs> better be hoarding some of that, right? You know, yeah. d- you know damn well your boss has got the, is getting the PPP loans too. Oh, absolutely! I think you got ninety k. Bonus better be fat. That's all I'm saying. Yes, you know. Yes. Um. Yeah, man. I, I don't know. Look, we don't really talk about fighters' purses that much because, honestly, the market got so out of control. We talk about guys getting paid this, getting paid that. We and mostly talk about fighters turning down career-high paydays, well, uh, you look, know? Anybody who lives in somebody else's pocket is a fucking loser, dude. Yeah. Honestly. But this, I, I just feel so bad. 
Yeah. Seeing Kaminsky's face and then hearing about his purse afterwards, I'm just like, that is not that right there would be like, fuck that, I quit. I, I, you know that that would be like my boss being like, hey, get out of your office and go over there and shovel shit. I'd be like, I and quit. Yeah. But I, I I don't understand it. And after that beating, you got to seriously think about like, is this the road I'm taking? Is this what I'm gonna do? Yeah, you're only 19, guy. Yeah, that 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 beating right there. You, there's only a handful of those you can have in your career before it's all over. Well, all I'm saying is now whoever is going to be fighting Clay Collard better have some kind of Clay Collard, uh, you know, uh, contingency in that contract. Yeah. That says, listen, if I'm not only am I going to put my prospect O on the line against this guy, but you know, to me. A $5,000 purse, the kid agreed to it for one, so he yeah. got in there and, and he fought for it. But man, it kind of tells me top rank doesn't think too much of you. No, I think that's very clear. <laughs> they they give you that pay, they pick that opponent. To me, that kind of says, yeah, I think we missed the mark on this Kaminsky guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, clearly top rank's pinching pennies, but I'm sure that Bob is doing just fine. Uh, yeah, we could we could look up Bob's uh, net worth right now. I'm sure that's pretty pretty lovely um it's 300 million yeah 300 million <laughs> fighters get paid too much though is a bag of peanuts for you <laughs> fighters get paid too much yes they do <laughs> yes they do um all right speaking of fighters that want to be paid what they feel they have earned by putting in the time and getting to a certain po- point in their career terrence crawford has made no qualms about it um, you're going to pay me what I get paid. Yeah. Or I'm not fighting. I don't blame him. I don't either. I mean, I think he's doing just fine. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you get to this point in your career, you want to get, like, what, you want me to make $500,000 for a fight? Absolutely not. No. Why? why I, I got millies in the bank. Yeah. Why would you do that? Why would you risk anything for that? Yeah, absolutely. Injury, anything. So who are they talking about right now as – options for Terrence Crawford's next opponent. So right now, or I say this past week, Grandpa Bob came out and said they got four guys in the key. You know, do with that what you will. But that's uh, that's Manny Pacquiao, Sean Porter, uh, Dennis Ugas, and Kel Brook. Kel Brook, I think you should just immediately take off that list. I think if that's the if that and that was discussed even you know months ago before this all this shit even happened that he was a possible opponent. If that's where you're looking to go, I cannot begin to explain the amount of backlash that that opponent will get will will bring to Terrence Crawford. And he's got look, Crawford's got an ever-growing group of boxing fans, even die-hard boxing fans that sit there and look at him and they they see the skill and they see how fucking good he is, but they're getting tired of the that that there's no marquee fight on his ledger at all really he's accomplished enough to get into the to the hall of fame already hands down but there's not that there's not that marquee win there's not that that one you know pivotal moment in his career fight in his career that you can point to and go this is where terrence crawford announced that he really is the best fighter in the world right it's not just an opinion of some guys like he in my opinion he's the best fighter in the world because i see him as the most skilled fighter all around, all encompassing everything, but that's that's just an opinion. He's he hasn't really on paper proven that, right? And that's what he needs to fucking do. And these they continue to roll like a Kell Brook opponent here is going to me. 
it, it, it hurts where he's at right now. It does nothing for him. It, it does nothing for him in a, in a potential big fight down the road with Errol Spence, with Sean Porter. You, you, to me, there's 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 two options here. It's either Porter or it's either Pacquiao. You know, the Ugas fight I think is 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 good. I just don't really think that does anything for him. Really think that does anything for him either. I, you got to go with one of those two. And to me, in my opinion, if you want to ask me what's going to happen, that you're going to see probably a Crawford. Pacquiao fight somewhere outside of America with a crowd. That that's where I think it's headed. I think that that would be the best thing for Crawford. Yeah. I completely agree, dude. Ever since the Golovkin fight, Kell Brook has not been the same. No. Okay. Um, so he, when's the last time he fought at welterweight? Was it the Kel, was it the Errol Spence fight? Mm, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, you know, I can't be sure, but um, you know, Ugas is that's a really good opponent and i think that that would make for a really good fight right but the problem is he's only a name to the diehards yeah so he's not going to it's not a name like it'll be a it would be a solid win when you look back at a career full of solid wins right you know it's not an errol spence a manny pacquiao um a sean porter i, I personally i want uh uh porter or Pacquiao, if it yeah. can't if it can't uh, if it can't be Errol Spence, dude, I I don't see why they can't make the Keith Thurman fight. You know, ah, well, you know, who knows, <laughs> who knows what the fuck Keith's on? Keith's get, Keith's ballooning up to a hundred and ninety fucking pounds. Keith might want to think about coming back at one fifty four. Well, he's trying to get Jameis ready. Oh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's trying to get Jameis ready. Um, no, I no, I think the bottom line is the the, the reality of what's going on right now. Um, in the world, the only way that they get a fight in front of a crowd and the money to pay Crawford to do it is Manny Pacquiao, right? You better, you better the only the money way- to pay Pacquiao to fight Terrence Crawford. Exactly. Well, th- yeah, because this is that. That I mean, honestly, I'm not saying Pacquiao has no chance in that fight, but Pacquiao has to view that fight as the cash out fight, like my last fight. Right. But but what I'm, I, I guess what I was trying to get at is if. Y- the only way you're going to be able to get that kind of money is internationally. Yeah. The only way you're going to be able to have a fight with Terrence Crawford internationally that anybody's going to give a shit about is if you have an international star, and there's only one yeah. in, the, in the welterweight division, yep. and that's Manny Pacquiao. Exactly. You could take Pacquiao anywhere, anywhere in the world, and there will be a crowd there that wants to see him fight. Fight in the Philippines. You, you, you tell him. I, I don't know what the restrictions are. I don't give a fuck, but... That fight in the Philippines would be huge. Absolutely. Absolutely fucking huge. Absolutely. Um, yeah, man. The, uh, what? Run back the, what, what, what can we call it? We couldn't call it the Thriller in Manila. No, no, it can't be that. No. Well, we'll come up with a really great name that I'm sure they'll use. <laughs> yeah, right. That's about, what we do. How about that? Yeah, let's get bogged down thinking of that. <laughs> uh, who cares, guys? <laughs> Um, so if if Grandpa Bob says that there's four options of fighters, there must be ten options for locations, <laughs> right? Everybody's calling him, yeah. saying, "How much money do you want to have this fight?" I just have this. I have the worst, worst feeling that it's going to be Kelbrook, man. I really do. Yeah, I mean, typically when they when they when they give you a plethora of options like this, it's the worst one. Yeah, it, it's going to be the fallback. Yeah, and Kelbrook seemingly seems to be the easiest, most financially you know, safe to make. And it seems like discussions have already been had at some point, so, you know, to to fire it back up and get it going, and it ain't going to take much to pay Kelbrook. He ain't been in the ring in a while, so. No. He's pro- well, Ugas is probably the cheapest of those four opponents, but Brooke not far behind. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, 
then let's get to some fight announcements. Um, July 21st, a super featherweight matchup. Um, Oscar Valdez takes on Jason Velez. Now, Oscar Valdez at this point in his career, he's, he's working with the Reynosos now, mm-hmm. right? Um, really has got to show that he can do something else other than going 120 miles an hour at all times. I mean, he's in good fights. I'll give him that. He is. He's exciting. But against everybody. We were at Jason Velez's last fight um, in Allentown, Pennsylvania, back in, what was it, February? And go, look, going into that, we were going to see Gary Russell fight, and then we were going to see what all the fucking buzz and hype was. Rigo in person. Rigo in person. Uh, being able to see what it is like to witness a Michelangelo painting <laughs> being made in person, right? Um, but we were pleasantly surprised before those two fights um, when Jason Velez squared off against Jaime, is it Arboleda? Ar- Arboleda. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, and that fight turned into an absolute barn burner. That was a fight of the night. I mean, it was awesome. And, and Arboleda came out the gates looking good, and Velez dug real deep. And, and I, dude, that was, you know, one of the 10 best fights I've seen live, honestly. Yeah, it was really, really good. And because we know about the vulnerability of, um, of Oscar Valdez, yeah. because of the way that he fights, because Velez has a, uh, you know, a reputation of going the distance. He's a tough fighter, mm-hmm. and based off of the performance that we saw in purpose uh, in in person in his last fight, I actually think that this is probably the best fight that's been announced on paper as far as matchup goes. I think that this is going to be a little barn burner, Vin. I, I think it will be a barn burner as long as it lasts. But I think Valde- Val- Valdez has enough to eventually finish off Velez. But hey, look, nobody's finished Velez yet. No, and, and, and you know what? Now I'm thinking about it, I forgot that fucking Adam Lopez dropped Valdez in their last fight. And a lot of people thought Lopez may... That was a terrible stoppage. Yeah. It was a terrible stoppage. Uh, you know, I, you're right. Uh, Valdez has done nothing for anybody to be like, yeah, he's going to run through Velez, Velez is washed. No, nah, there, there's, there's, there's nothing that points to that based on either one of their last two performances. No, I know. I, I, I honestly and truthfully say that this... Based off of Oscar Valdez's style, yep, and Jason Velez's last fight, um, this one's going to be good. Yeah, uh, Valdez is just man. I don't. Maybe we'll see some changes in style. I know this will be what his third fight with the Reynosos at this point. Yeah. So if you don't start seeing some changes now, I mean, I already think Valdez is what he is as a fighter. I don't think there's there's much changing. He can start off a fight trying to box. But instincts kick in, and and Valdez goes to what Valdez knows best, which is let's just throw down. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another fight, July sixteenth, uh, Joe Smith versus Elder Alvarez in a light heavyweight contest. I love that fight. I think that I think that's the best fight they've announced yet because I I think that could turn into a little bit of a a mini slugfest. Not not as far as volume goes, but I'm talking big shots landed, possible knockdowns. All that's the back and forth in that fight could be really, really good. Yeah, I mean, look, both guys can punch. Yeah. Right? Elder Alvarez is a big dude. Yeah. Right? So, no, I completely agree. I think there's going to be some, uh, um, you know, some some real heavy shots landed in this one for sure. Just, I'm just glad to see the matchups getting better. Yes. They're, they're, they're not huge names. 
but it's competitive. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what we're asking for, man. That's competitive it. fights. I do favor Elder Alvarez in that fight. I just think he's a better fighter, personally. Man. Yeah, he, he. I mean, he's definitely a more polished fighter. He's, he's got more seasoned. Yeah. Joe Smith's a big puncher, though, boy. He is. He hits you with one of them overhand rights. That'd change the night real quick. No, that's true. That's true. Um, all right, Vin. Let's get to our buddy, Devin Haney. We have not <laughs> talked about Devin Haney in a while um, because his Twitter account just hasn't been as exciting over the last couple nah, weeks. Somebody muzzled that thing, didn't they? They did. Um, Devin Haney tweets out that he has got a real opponent on the horizon at lightweight, one of the top lightweights in the world. So I'm sitting here thinking to myself, I'm like, well, I got got the warm and fuzzies because even though I think that Devin Haney is not done himself any favors um, in his just anxiety to be a champion five years ago, <laughs> right. right? He wanted to be world champion coming out of the wound, um, and uh, you know, so I, I I've kind of pumped the brakes on Devin Haney, the anxious, rambunctious teenager guy, yep. right? Um, but Devin Haney, the fighter, I've only ever wanted to see him um, in the best fights. Yeah. And what are you hearing, then, that this real top-rated lightweight, who this is going to be? Well, uh, another lightweight fight just fell apart here recently with the golden boy Ryan Garcia nonsense that's that's come back to the forefront, and, and now his career is kind of in limbo. But he was supposed to fight one Jorge Linares. Now Jorge Linares is available for a big fight. And Jorge Linares is not a fighter that needs to be pussyfooting around with uh, tune-up fights. And he's he's uh, towards the end of his career. Yep. Still plenty left in the tank. Still to be a, a legitimate opponent against all of these young fighters. And if you're telling me that Devin Haney is going to fight Jorge Linares... I think that's a fucking outstanding matchup. I think that fight could be – do I favor Devin Haney to win? Absolutely. But do I think uh, Jorge Linares could take him to places that we haven't seen Devin Haney taken in the ring, which is what I want to see from him as a fighter? I think that is without a doubt what happened in that fight. Based off of Devin Haney's previous opponents, Jorge Linares would be light years ahead yeah. uh, as far as a quality opponent. This would be his first legit like you made it, the WBC, if they had the foresight to see that this fight was going on, they could have just been like, "Hey, this is technically let's be real." Right. This fight, if it comes off against Jorge Linares, is really we can just say so. Devin Haney feels a little bit better about himself, stroke his ego a little bit. Hey, Devin, this one because we don't. I mean, me personally, I'm not speaking for Vin. I don't recognize him as the WBC lightweight champion. He never even fought a human being for a vacant belt, much less a, a belt that belonged to a human being, right? This, to me, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Devin Haney versus Jorge Linares is for the w, the vacant WBC lightweight title. Yeah, I mean, if he wins that fight, I'm not going to sit here and say, well, he doesn't deserve that belt anymore. Because no, no. now he's beating the top five-ish guy. And look, I know people, people get wrapped around the axle about Jorge Linares. Like, oh, he just got dropped. He's, you know... He's been dropped multiple times in his career. He's got four losses. He's got no chin, this, that, and the other. Jorge Linares is one of, as far as a stylist and a boxer, he's one of the best of the last decade. And I get it, his run, everybody points to the run that he made through the U.K. and how he beat a bunch of fucking brawlers that were tailor-made for him. 
I, look, I get it. You want to do that to every fighter's career, you can fucking do it. You can chop it up in a million different directions and make it seem like it's worse than it actually was. Who cares? Go back and watch the fucking Kevin Mitchell. You know what I'm, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, who cares but if Mitchell pe- was a brawler? But Yeah, and that, that, but that's the that thing. That fight was fucking awesome. People point to Kevin Mitchell and go, well... He never accomplished anything in his career. He wasn't that great of a fighter. Why does Jorge Linares get pumped up for beating a guy like like a Kevin Mitchell? Nobody's pumping it up. It was a great fight. He fought well. He won. The, like I don't understand. Like There's all of this. Everybody likes to go back and, 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 and revisit shit. And it's only like a lot of it has to do, honestly and sadly, with the fact that Lomachenko beat him. So you have to... T- like, that's Lomachenko's signature win. We have to find a way to tear this down and make it seem less legitimate when than it is. When Lomachenko beat Jorge Linares, not only was Jorge Linares, he was the undisputed lightweight champion of the world. He was the Ring Magazine lightweight champion of the world. He was the number one ranked lightweight in the world. <laughs> Look, man, I'm just telling you how people how people play that shit. Yeah, but no, I, I think the, the truth of the matter, all of those faults that you named, all of, the, all of the criticisms that people make about Jorge Linares, all of those things are true. Yeah. They're all 100% true. Absolutely. But I 100% percent am completely against and i agree with you completely vin the revisionist history by boxing fans is absolutely one of the dumbest just unintelligent exercises that you can possibly do in sports it's, it's that uh, that and the triangle theory in boxing when people point to well he beat him and, and, and he lost to him so it's like that's not how it works man no. all these matchups are fucking different no so was the Eric Morales that Manny Pacquiao fought in his first fight against Morales, was that the same Morales that Danny Garcia fought in his second fight against Morales? Absolutely not. But it's but it's Eric Morales. It's the same guy, right? He's a Hall of Fame fighter. <laughs> the wins mean different things. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, one guy was in the middle of a fucking epic career against the prime Morales. The other guy was up and coming and young yeah. and trying to get put over and needed a name to be put over. He fight him twice, too, didn't he? Yeah. 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 Twice. Eric Morales is a bad motherfucker. He is. <laughs> he is a bad motherfucker. He's such a bad motherfucker that, that apparently Juan Manuel Marquez wanted no part of him. Yeah, that's a, that was a very odd thing. But, hey, it, it's backed up by not only Marquez and fucking his trainer. So that, that to me, says a lot right yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I love this fight. I absolutely love it. And people can, you know, you know, who've only tuned into one episode, and it was one episode, and we were commenting on some dumb shit that Devin Haney said. Oh, right. Um, know this: that when this kid gets in the ring against live dogs and fights real fucking savvy opponents, established fighters like Jorge Linares, sign me. Up. Yes. We only want to see the best fight the best. And if Ryan Garcia keeps up this, my Instagram followers should equate to my boxing purses bullshit, he's going to get left in the dust, dude. Because, because him him saying that he needed a $2 million minimum for the Linares fight is an absolute... <laughs> I mean, are you serious? Kid, come on, man. I'm, uh, that, that blows my mind. And, and honestly, whoever's advising his career... like. Th- he's going to look back on this at some point and go, wow, I really fucked up that two-year stretch where I just, like, kid, 
you you are not a esta- you're not established as anything right now. No. You're you're established as a possible star who has a social media following. Social media followings don't mean dick. I'm sorry. When it comes to an athlete in sports, your social media following should not equate to anything that it comes anywhere near what affects your pay, either being higher or lower. Yeah, yeah, like in, in Major League Baseball, right? Let's just say that 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 you had 20 million Instagram followers, but you batted 220. Yeah. And you're going in for a negotiation saying, hey, but I got 20 million Instagram followers, so I'm going to need 30 million a year. That, that's that's not how this shit works, no. man. And I hope it never, ever goes down that No, but your road. social media following should result in promotional uh, deals that you make with products, right? Right, yeah, absolutely. And side deals, because people want access to your audience, so... Hey, if that's the road you want to go down, right? right? And you want to and you want to follow, you know, the path of, you know, your your good buddy Jake Paul where you're getting paid to just be on fucking video doing stuff, mm-hmm. then hey, by all means, I mean it seems like that that's going to be lucrative for him, but let's not forget that Ryan Garcia only became Ryan Garcia because he is a professional boxer who also happens to be a good-looking kid. Yeah, it's not just because he was a good-looking kid from L.A. No, absolutely not. Because uh, uh, I don't think just doing uh, you know pool noodle and speed bag videos is going to get you six million followers. No, no, it's not. Yeah, you I, do it with your shirt off. It will though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could do it with Speaking my shirt off. Speaking of that, <laughs> <laughs> grab the pool noodle, Vin. <laughs> yeah. Nobody wants to see that. That's I don't know if the pool noodle will be flopping more or my titties. <laughs> definitely, definitely our titties. <laughs> and my side boobs be jiggling too, being, <laughs> being like, titties, slow down. <laughs> oh, man. So, look, the other, I think the other possible, at least that I think that the opponent for Haney that everybody looks at. And, and seems like it could be the other option is, is Luke Campbell. So either one, fine. either one of those fights are fucking outstanding. Either one of those fights to me, would I would go, you know what, Devin Haney wins this fight, I have no problem viewing him as a WBC champion. Yeah, I mean, I would probably favor Campbell against Linares in a rematch. I mean, Campbell might be yeah. the better fighter right now. Yeah, yeah. You know? That was a good fight, man. It was. That's kind of forgotten scrap there. Absolutely. Um, all right, let's close the show with what Gurry doing. All right. Oh, so shit. apparently Gary Russell Jr., the WBC featherweight champion of the world, um, you know, who has adopted slash stolen the nickname from Keith Thurman of one time, right? Yes. He's contemplating what his fight will be for the one time he fights in 2021, <laughs> and he's feeling good in the gym right now, Vin, uh-huh. at 138 pounds. He said he wants a B. Could you imagine Adrian Broner trying to get down from however much he weighs right now, right? In that Rick Ross body he's rocking. (laughs) Right. Getting him down to 140 pounds to fight a very small featherweight in Gary Russell Jr. Gary Russell Jr. has... He's 5'5", isn't he? And he has very short arms for a a featherweight. He's got like a 66-inch reach or some shit like that. That's... That's not a reach. Yeah, no, that's not. That's elbows on the table. <laughs> you know. Hey, uh, first off, let me just say when I saw this as a possible matchup, hey, I perked up a little bit, man. <laughs> Are you t- I, look, you can say what you want about Adrian Broner, and you could say what you want about Gary Russell Jr. If that fight were to actually come to fruition and happen, 
I'm sorry, but I think everybody would be would be dialed into it. I honestly do. Oh, absolutely. Uh, look, is it a mismatch of size? Yeah. Is it a mismatch of skill the other way? Absolutely. So you look, give it to me. I, I I don't mind the matchup at all. But let's fucking be honest. There's no reason in hell why I should believe Gary Russell's opponent will not be whoever the WBC says is his mandatory. Absolutely. Because that's what he does. Once a fucking year, he fights his mandatory. Yep. He does the bare minimum to keep his – he has got to be the longest reigning WBC champ in boxing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because uh, once Sedona Stevenson lost his belt, yeah. you know, just, I, you know, Stevenson was on the same plan that Gary Russell's on now. He, he was. Um, yeah, there's way too many variables that surround a fight between a featherweight and a Broner weight. You know, the fact the the personality involved in Adrian Broner, uh-huh. how just unreliable he is in general, right? Mm-hmm. And the the cash demands he's been talking about recently. Um, Gary Russell actually fighting at 140 pounds. Adrian Broner actually making 140 pounds. There's just look. It'd be hard enough if these guys were like within ten pounds of one another yeah. and trending in the same direction. And one guy barely fights, and the other guy hasn't won in three years, and you don't even know if he's ever going to fight again. And there's no look. <laughs> Here, there's, there's but it's going to happen. <laughs> there's zero chance Adrian Broner makes 140 pounds to fight Gary Russell Jr. because there's zero chance either one of these guys gets paid. More than a million, million five for this fight because it's not really that big commercially. Yeah, but I'm telling you, man, if that fight was announced, it would quickly jump to the top of my <laughs> list of most anticipated fights of the fucking year. This uh, dude, just reading this fight matchup: Gary Russell Jr. versus Adrian Broner. I love it. It just says Vince Cummings all over it. I fucking love it. <laughs> well, we got a proponent here. Vince will be out there. Uh, uh, pushing this fight to the uh, powers that be. I, I, I like this fight, man. I don't care what anybody fucking says. I like both of these guys. Sue me. I don't give a fuck. I like it, too. I like it, too. All right, Vin. So we just hit the 45-minute mark. I have to leave for vacation in an hour and a half. It's a goddamn miracle we squeezed 45 minutes out of anything. That's right. And fucking hung all this lumber behind yeah, us. Yeah. New fancy studio and shit. That's right. Well, you know, look. Survive and adapt, Ken. Exactly. When you uh, set the standard a long time ago, right? <laughs> you've got to you got to keep reinventing yourself. Yeah, you can't you can't rest on your laurels, as they say, Ken. Right? No, I think we're gonna get some new microphones next. What do you think? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Well, we appreciate all of you tuning in to episode two hundred eighty of the Boxing Rant podcast. We will be back next week with another episode. Um, If you have not subscribed to the show yet, get the audio version on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Stitcher, CastBox, Podcast Addict, you name it. Um, The Boxing Rant Podcast is everywhere. Watch the video version. Check out our new studio um, on the Boxing Rant YouTube channel. Subscribe to the Boxing Rant YouTube channel. Drop by the website, BoxingPod.com, and follow us on Twitter, at VinceCummings81, and at the boxing rant then i hope you have a wonderful week and i will bring lots of sunshine and maybe even a rainbow your way oh yeah i wouldn't do that (laughs) okay there might be some problems if you do that (laughs) all right well we appreciate all of you tuning in to episode 280 of the boxing rant podcast but i'm the best ever 
My style is impetuous. There's no one that can match me. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion there's ever been. My defense is impregnable. Anybody can get it.